0: What are you thankful for this week? I just (laughs) love hearing all of the different things that the kids are thankful for. Gymnastics is not one of mine, but uh, that's pretty awesome. We are in a new series this week. We are entering into, you guessed it, detangling Christmas. It's a season that can be very interesting as we navigate what the world thinks of as Christmas and what we as sons and daughters of God consider Christmas to be. So we're going to get into that this week. We're going to open with some scripture. If we could do that. If you would stand with me in the house. You can stand at home if you would like. I always think it's a good thing to stand and honor the Word of God. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace... Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Father, we thank you so much for the light and we thank you for this season. We thank you for the celebration that we feel in our spirits in this time, Lord, as we acknowledge what you have done, the child, the babe come to earth Father, may we be filled with light and hope in a world filled with darkness as we detangle Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, free house, Merry Christmas. Oh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Aren't you so excited? It's Advent number one. It's right after Thanksgiving and we're here to celebrate Christmas and I'm so excited. Look at these presents. Aren't they so huge? They're a little small for my taste, but boy, they're so big. I love gifts. I love gift giving. What about you? Have you already done your Christmas shopping? Christmas time is here. Yuletide greetings. What am I f- favorite favorite things of Christmas that I've already done this year is watching movies. Movies are such a great, great part of, of Christmas. There's so many great movies out there. But one of my favorite movies is the one that has the line in it that says, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loudly uh, is that how it goes? To sing loud for all who to hear. That comes from the movie Elf. I'm so worked up. I messed up the line, but that's okay. It's such a fun movie, and we're so joyful about it. Oh, you know what I love also about Christmas? Christmas songs Frosty the snowman was a big fat big head man. Oh, look at this snowman. Isn't he incredible? Oh, I just love decorations at Christmas. Oh, Christmas is so much fun. Oh, look at his nose. It's a carrot. Isn't that crazy? Oh, but thinking of snow kind of makes me huh, a little bit cold. I love Christmas scars. We have I have a lot of Christmas scarves, but we just moved this week, so I couldn't get all of them, so I was able to pull this one out. But coldness makes me think of scarves, and it's so cold outside, and I think there might even be snow this week. Oh, I love Christmas because you get to wear Christmas sweaters and Christmas socks and, and all of the things, Christmas hats, all of those things. Oh, and my mom makes the best peanut butter fudge. Let me tell you, if you don't have peanut butter fudge at Christmas, you are missing out. Oh, my word. Oh, what is Christmas without fudge? Oh, my goodness. Wash it down with a little bit of eggnog, right? Mm. Oh, oh, delightful. Delightful. Make sure you get some peanut butter fudge in. and eggnog. There's, oh, you know Dancer, Dasher, and Dancer, and Connor, and Blitzen. Correct me, kids, sing the song. Rudolph is here. Actually, he doesn't have a red nose, so it's not Rudolph, but he will do, look at him. Oh, reindeers are a part of Christmas, right? Ah, I love it. I love everything about this season, it's so great. Oh, I love stories. Stories are a part of Christmas, aren't they? Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Ah! (laughs) It's lovely, it's wonderful. Oh, and what about let it snow, 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 let it. Oh, 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 oh no. Uh, Has this been here the whole time? Uh, oh, I'm so ashamed. Oh guys. Oh no. Uh, wh- OK, um, so we're starting this series called uh, "Detangling Christmas." And um, I seem to have forgotten a, a, a major part of, of the Christmas. Season and the celebration, and I just ple- please forgive me as as a pastor here. I should never, I should never leave Jesus to, to be in last. Um, he, he's the reason why we have all of this. Uh, Jesus, yeah. Uh, the, the, oh boy. Um, well, here we are, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about detangling detangling Christmas. Wait a second. If if I really if I really think about it. Hmm, if I really think about it, the way this stage look looks actually, I think, is a pretty right-on depiction of how a lot of believers view Christmas. And it may even be to scale. All of the things around Christmas becoming the larger picture and Jesus becoming a little bit of an afterthought. Huh. Let's talk about detangling Christmas. How does it how do we get to a place where we fly through the month of November? We fly through the month of December. We get to December 26th, January 1st, and it's like Christmas has flown by. And yeah, we've we've got more stuff, we have more clothes, we've put on some pounds, we've done all of those things, but man, sometimes. There's some emptiness inside, isn't there? And and there's some, it seems to be like that something is, is missing. And if we're not careful, the entire season will fly by and we'll get to January and we will have missed the entire point of Christmas. I've been thinking a lot about consistency lately, and I know that that's not something this generation is really uh, epped with and, and, and up to up to up to par with. But but consistency really, I think, plays a role in what really makes this scene become a reality in our lives when we're looking at at Christmas. And I believe that the Lord showed me something that I'd like to share with you that maybe might help the both of us really get this into perspective the way it should should be. This is a a timeline. And um, well, it's supposed to be a timeline. My my clicker is not working. There, oh, there we go, that's a timeline. This is a timeline. Uh, What are some consistent things in your life? You know, you might brush your teeth. I hope so, consistently. Uh, taking out the trash, eating lunch, some consistent things. But when we, when we broaden that out and we look at larger things, such as time, time is really consistent. Uh, you can count on noon to happen today. Uh, 5 p.m. tonight is probably going to happen. Unless Jesus returns, it's going to happen. Uh, tomorrow morning uh, is going to happen time continues to move forward. And on this timeline, I've noticed noticed a a few things on here. Uh, The distant past, uh, Jesus being born, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's a significant moment. Fast forward uh, into time to 2020 is where we are now. Uh, Then the distant future and Ultimately, Jesus, Jesus returns. Now, I'm not here to prophesy that Jesus is coming in a distant future. A distant future might be 5 p.m. tonight. I don't know, but for the purpose of our timeline, distant future, and, and Jesus returns. Time is, time is consistent. Time continues to, to move forward. What's more consistent than time even, is God. God's very consistent. Uh, We even learn in Malachi uh, 3.6, we learn that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He is consistent. And then we have in our life our problems, our troubles, (laughs) and our issues. Now, some may argue those aren't necessarily consistent, but you know, as I think about it, you know, you might not have any problems or issues today, but the likelihood would be at some point in the future, you're probably going to have those. Uh, or maybe right now you've got some problems and issues and things, and there's a chance a, a, a very good chance that down the road you won't have as many. So, so while there is some varying level of our problems and issues and all of those things, they're pretty consistent as well. They come and go. Um, uh, This represents, this red line represents, rapid communication, rapid communication. And if you'll notice, there's not a whole lot of consistency with regard to our receiving of information, especially uh, in rapid form. Uh, You can see a a significant increase as you approach 2020 and it will continue, I I believe, to, to go in that direction. Now this is a problem because as much as it's wonderful to have communication at our fingertips, most of the time that communication that comes to us comes in the form of misinformation. And that's a problem because misinformation leads to distraction. Did somebody say squirrel? I was out in the foyer earlier today and I was turning on some Christmas lights that were attached to a box out there and a squirrel runs across the ramp out there. Appropriate for today. Time is, is very, very uh, consistent and we can see that God is very consistent and our problems and issues are somewhat consistent. But boy, when it comes to this communication thing, boy, we are just laden, laden with misinformation that leads to distraction. In fact, we get so distracted that we take portions of information and create a reality for ourselves that doesn't really line up with the truth. Now, it's fun to create our own reality. It really is. Because in our own reality, we get to be king. Who wants to be a part of a reality they've created where they have to submit to someone else? Come on, let's be straight, right? When we create our own reality, we get to be in charge. And so what we do with the information we have is we take little bits and pieces of it and we create a reality that caters to our desires and what we want and to really where we can be king. It is the job of misinformation to distract us from the truth. It is the job of misinformation to distract us from truth. About three years ago, my second daughter was laying in bed and she screams out in the middle of the night, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I run up the stairs and I go into her room and she's holding her thumb up and she says, daddy, daddy, boo-boo, boo-boo, boo-boo. And I say, oh, and and just like I do as a dad and you probably do as parents too, I go over and I grab that sweet little hand and thumb and I kiss it. Well, as my lips touched her thumb, I realized it wasn't boo-boo she was saying, it was poo-poo she was saying. Misinformation. Misinformation. It's the job of misinformation to distract us from reality. And so we have to, in this, apply the principle that Pastor Ronnie has taught us in the past, that facts change, truth doesn't. Facts change, truth doesn't. I am a pastor here at this church. That is a fact. God is in charge of what happens here. That's truth. Facts change, truth doesn't. And it's important that we not cling to the facts that we obtain in life, but we cling to the truth. In fact, Jesus tells us that's the key to freedom. Over in John 8, we read, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Even within our Christian circles, misinformation can easily run rampant. I sat through a sermon a few years ago of a pastor who was talking about the drummer boy meeting Jesus, and he was serious. Guys, the drummer boy is not mentioned in the story in the Bible. Misinformation can run rampant even in Christian circles. And so we have to be careful about what we say, how we say it, and whether or not it's truth. And if we're married to the truth and we know the truth, then we will communicate truth. But we have to be tied to it and we have to know it well. A lot of us misinform others without even opening our mouth. And if you're anything like my family, you did it this week by setting out a nativity. Now, I, I like nativities. We've got a real nice one at home uh, that we put out every year, and it, and it does serve as, as, a, as a reminder. But if you look at this nativity we got here on stage, let me first say, this is the whitest baby Jesus I've ever seen. Jesus probably was not this shade of white and, uh, and his parents probably were not looking uh, so polished together. In fact, if I ever had to dream up a scene where they would say, hey, let's take a picture for social media, this is what it would look like because I don't think this is exactly what this actually looked like. In fact, I know that parts of this aren't what it looked like back in, 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 in Bible times, but if they were to put a picture together and say, let's put this on social media because this is what we really want people to see, but it's not really what's happening behind the scenes because you know Facebook is the truth all the time and what you see, right? Yeah. So we look at this nativity and there's so many issues with it. Let's start, for instance, obviously with the, the complexion of baby Jesus, probably not there, but there's these wise men that are here with these gifts. The Bible tells us that they showed up years after Jesus's birth, years after. And why are there three? Well, there's three because three gifts are mentioned, but could have there been 50? A hundred. We don't know, but we, we put three wise men with the, the, three, the three gifts and, and we put them a part of the, the nativity scene so that we can put it, package it into the, into the story. And what about this barn that has this nice little bird cushioned here in the back and, and these, these angels at the top? You know, uh, the Bible talks about this, this, uh, this manger scene, this end, this very, very limited. And it was likely, it was very, very likely that Jesus and Mary had the baby in a, in a house with their relatives. Down in down in down in the basement. Uh, down down in what they would call the place where they they, they keep animals. So that's where we get the animals from. Uh, probably the, the 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 shepherds weren't up against the manger outside of I me. Mean, there's some misinformation here, even within the nativity, and we don't even have to open our mouth to see it or to say it. It's the job of misinformation to distract us. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about salvation, light, hope coming to the world. I don't have a problem with all of this stuff out here. I don't have a problem with, in fact, I own these inflatables. I probably have 20 more. I, 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 I love cookies. I love movies. I love all of these things, dressing up all of this fun. But what what I have a problem with is when those things become the central thing and Jesus becomes a distraction in the midst of the season. Jesus is the main event. He is the main celebration. All these other things, all these other things should set a platform. Should set a foundation. Should set a stage for our celebration of this hope that came into this world, this light that came into the world. As a parent, Sherry and I parent intentionally. And knowing that, knowing that there are some younger viewers possibly watching, I'm gonna be careful how I, how I phrase this. But Sherry and I realized before we had our first child that in talking about Christmas and raising our kids, if we were to fully embrace the way that the world celebrates Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we would have to lie to our kids. And that's not something that we were okay with. Um, there's a bevy of misinformation out there that's ready to just attack our kids and they don't need their parents to add one more thing to the pile. We want to share the truth. Christmas is not about Rudolph and Frosty and cookies and all of those things. Lots of fun. Christmas is about Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we celebrate Celebrate Christmas. All throughout the Old Testament, God's people were led by kings. They asked for a king, God gave them a king and they were led from kings and many of their kings were bad kings. And so God sent prophets to them to share messages, sometimes to, of destruction, but sometimes also of hope. God would use prophets to deliver their, the, the message and today we read a passage from the prophet Isaiah. And we know that he's a prophet from God because what he said came true. Deuteronomy 18 says this, You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. So do not be alarmed. You know what the verse right prior to this says? If someone speaks something and attaches the name of the Lord to it, and it doesn't come to pass, kill that person that's how serious it is when you attach god's name to something over in second peter we also read above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things for prophecy never had its origin in the human will but prophets through human though human spoke from god as they were carried along by the holy spirit so let me say this both because it fits here and also because you're not here to make faces at me If someone has told you in recent days that Donald Trump is going to be the president for the next four years, and that does not become a reality, that person is not a prophet and they have not heard from the Lord. That is a person who has taken a piece of information and has created their own reality. They are misinforming and they are distracting from the main thing. What Isaiah spoke was truth, And we know it's truth because it came to be. And the truth is this, light has come into the world. Light has come into the world. And those who have seen the light can testify to the light. Darkness is so uncomfortable to discuss. When light comes into a dark situation, everything is illuminated. And darkness is so gloomy and uncomfortable. It's why so many of us hide in darkness for so long because we have grown so accustomed and so comfortable with it. I understand that distraction happens in the midst of darkness misinformation comes in the midst of darkness. And I understand that the distraction from Christmas is not only tied to big inflatables and fun and joy and all those things. Some of the distraction comes from past wounds. Some of the distraction comes from past hurt. Some of the distraction comes from separated families and and, and situations where life has happened and there's deep wounds. And sometimes when we approach Christmas, there are people that we are probably connected to that revisit places that are dark places because they don't know where to go. And I want to tell you that light has come to illuminate the situation, not just to illuminate it so that it becomes awkward and gloomy and hard to deal with, but so that truth can be revealed. You are not alone. God is for you and not against you. He sees your pain. We don't grieve like the world grieves. We have a hope in Christ Jesus. And it only can be illuminated when light comes and illuminates and pushes back the darkness. God cares for the brokenhearted. When light comes, darkness can no longer remain. In John 1, 5, we see the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and it will not overcome the light. We have a reason to celebrate and to celebrate with joy, to be giddy, to be excited, to embrace the season because a savior has come. Light has come into the world and no amount of misinformation, no level of distraction can escape the illuminating power of his light because those are products of darkness and Jesus came to obliterate darkness. Jesus came to obliterate darkness. And in his doing so, he comforts us with his truth. And if we can just get a glimpse, I believe if we can just get a glimpse of of understanding of how awesome his truth, of of, of, how awesome his light is, how awesome it is that the, the truth of the things that he has to say about us, if we could just get a glimpse and we could attach ourselves to that truth, we would be so overcome, so overwhelmed by his presence that none of this stuff would even matter. None of this stuff would even really enter the picture. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, we have a good time. We laugh and joy. But boy, the main thing would remain the main thing. So what would happen to Christmas if all of this stuff was taken away? Well, I can tell you one thing for sure, and this is truth. When all else is gone, Jesus remains. I have a question for you this morning that I want us to ponder as we detangle Christmas. If all of this was gone, and it was literally just Jesus, if it was literally just Jesus, is the climax of your Christmas experience centered on the truth that light has come? Or is Jesus merely a beautiful distraction from the things that you desire most? Light has come into the world and we celebrate what has happened in the past to keep us centered and focused on what is come, what is to come in the future. He came as a baby, baby the first time. He's going to come again as a king. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.